0: It's Lewis Crathen here again with another podcast it's inside the world of Duotone and today we're speaking to a very exciting guest he is Hannes Reichelt an Austrian skiing legend a world champion has several World Cup wins still been winning World Cup events at the age of 36 so welcome Hannes and thank you for joining us.
1: Yeah, thank you, Luis, for having me. Uh nice nice to be here with you in the podcast.
0: Excellent. And I mean you've just heard my introduction to you, but um what about you? What is it? How would you introduce yourself? What is it um that you do and uh what can you tell our listeners?
1: Yeah, I'm Hannes Reichl from Austria. Um, uh now I'm retired from my my active career of ski racing um i was doing more the speed disciplines in my sport and uh, um, with 85 kilos i have been always the uh lightest guy on on the world cup tour in in speed normally the guys has 95 or 100 kilos and um yeah but i had Good, uh, successful races and seasons, and um, now I'm like a little bit full time daddy, but I I really enjoy it, and uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I've actually looked into some of your results, and um, I was really amazed to see just how well um, you've done as a skier. Certainly. Um, for me looking at how you've done after your 30s and sort of your early to mid 30s you've had some great results we'll come on to talk about that a little bit more as we go on but I wanted to talk to you about your passion for kite surfing now first and foremost when is it that you actually learned to kite surf how long have you been kite surfing Hannes?
1: I do kite surfing since uh, 2000 let me think uh... I think it's 2010 or 2011. Okay, but, so a while. Uh, yeah, it's a while, but uh, in two seasons or two summers, I didn't do kite surfing because one summer I had in in spring or January a, a, a disc operation. Um, so I was more focused on my, my rehabilitation. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, one other season was, uh, I had a uh, broken ACL and so I also did, didn't do kite surfing because, uh, yeah, in the rehabilitation, it's, it's not a good idea to, to do this sport. <laughs>
0: no, no, it's can be quite hard on the body, but I mean, with, with a, a real, profession in skiing my interest is how you found the time with things like your world cup preparations and um, the injuries which you've just mentioned and the pressure of the austrian skiing nation and sponsors how did you find the time to go off and do um another extreme sport really
1: yeah i i i really like to do water sport and um before i learned kite i was trying to go do some wave surfing, I mm-hmm. now uh, have been uh, some some uh, spring times in Bali and Portugal uh, for with my friends to to do some wave surfing, and it always takes one week that my upper body is strong enough to pedal out, and then one week I had fun with with that and i was looking for some sport water sport what i can do in in uh, in austria or near in our lakes and so i decided to to go kitesurfing and uh, yeah it was the right decision because it's also very funny on on our lakes
0: did you find it a difficult sport to learn were you able to sort of take that sportsman Um, mindset that you have and you obviously have got very good reactions to be a skier, a world class skier like you are. Was it a long journey to learn to kite surf?
1: Uh, Not really. It was easy, but uh, my goal was always to getting better. And uh, it's like in every sport. Um, If you want to do that sport very good, it needs a lot of training. So it was starting kite surfing, I, I think I was uh, surfing on the second day or something else and uh, uh, to to keep the levels uh, at the first time I always lost uh, high mm-hmm. so the wind was going downwind with me and uh, that needs maybe a, a few weeks uh, but I didn't find so much time that um, uh, it or uh, how to explain. It was always taking a lot of summers. Uh, yeah. I think two or three summers, uh, Summer, then I learned jumping. But okay. to to get on the board, it was easy for me because okay. it's very okay. similar to, to ours for the, the balance. And um, yeah, I'm not afraid of, of something. So that helped me a lot.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I've always explained the journey to kite surfing and beginning is so much um, more with kite surfing about flying the kite. I'm also a sportsman, I'm massively into football and pretty much every sport there is. But the difference for me was the actual kite flying part of it where it wasn't just about my own body but again it didn't take me too long but you hinted there that it actually takes a few days in a row of good conditions it's all about the right conditions to learn to yeah, kite surf. Yeah. and and you get those conditions in Austria I know that uh, some of the lakes out there I've been to Podersdorf myself I drove my bat yes. there a long time ago in 2007 I drove there and I loved that spot where is your home spot Hannah's
1: uh, my home spot, yeah, it's, I, I live in Innsbruck at the moment. And so my home spot uh, is, yeah, Achensee, but it's not so constantly with wind. So I learned uh, kitesurfing border store mm-hmm. because I think in, in Austria, it's uh, the best way to to start kitesurfing there. Uh, but at the moment, my favorite uh spot is is the lake Garda because okay. it's only one and a half hour from innsbruck but since i'm a father i i don't have so much time to to uh, go kite surfing that's yeah I, i'm waiting for for the next years that my son starts uh kite surfing then i maybe come uh, have more time to to do that sport
0: That's an interesting topic that I'm sure some of our listeners um, can relate to. Being a father, not quite having so much time to do the the sports or even things that you love. How old is your son now?
1: He is three uh, three years. And yeah, I think in the next two years, I will get him on the
0: on the kite <laughs> lovely lovely and to start at such an early age is definitely how they pick these things up has he been skiing yet yes
1: uh, last last winter he learned skiing and he's doing it pretty pretty good and i was also trying to get him on a on a, a standard paddle board with um rick uh um how to say wing yeah
0: the wakeboard yeah yeah maybe no, not put...
1: not a wakeboard i mean at the standard paddleboard with uh uh with a small rig with well uh, like a wing or something yeah like a wing yes yeah I and he, he was doing it great so yeah. i think in in the next one two years uh Maybe he he do also kite surfing.
0: Wow. So already skiing. You do see them flying down the hills, don't you? With such a young age skiing um, with the tiny little helmets on and they seem to be so good. So look out soon then for your son to be entering the pro scene in, in kiteboarding. I want to know from you as um, a skier that you are, you're used to going super fast, super G, downhill. Is there a relation between the sports um, of skiing and kite surfing? Is the adrenaline possible in, in the same ways? I think
1: uh, in kite surfing and in, in skiing, the balance is very important and that you are not afraid of, of risk uh so i think that's very similar i think it doesn't matter if if the water is frozen or the floor is unfrozen uh mm-hmm. the boards uh have always the same how to say the reaction okay uh, the,
0: the speed of the mind The
1: yeah and of course uh if i go go kite surfing i love it when it's going fast <laughs>
0: Okay, so do you like to kite surf when it's it's very strong wind as well? Is that something that excites you? Yeah, uh, a few months ago,
1: I've been in Polo in Sardinia, and uh, we had around I think forty knots, and nobody was out there, and just a friend and I have been out there, and I I was I loved it because it's to fight against the the mother Nature, and that was, yeah, funny for me. And um, so I think that's similar to to skiing. I I, I loved it to to ski in difficult uh, downhill courses. <laughs> And so the same in kite surfing, if it's getting difficult, uh, I love
0: it. I think it's a similar passion that I have, Hannah's, um, and certainly in my case as a, as a big air kite surfer. Yeah. I've been seeking. I get excited the most when the winds are up above 40 knots. and I actually feel that my thinking and reaction time it, it needs, needs to be at its best. I'm simply tested more. When the wind picks up for me, I have to think about the waves, the ocean, everything becomes much quicker, which is why I'm absolutely in love with the big air side of the sport. And that interests me that that you also have that draw to those conditions. I know the spot you're talking about very well in Sardinia. Um, Porto Polo is actually the place that, um, and I'm going to bring this up because I've just read some history into some of your event wins. Porto Polo was the place that I came level on points in the world championship, but actually got placed second in 2016 because the result went down to um, the last event and the other guy had, had, had finished above me. So it's got a, a sad place in my mind, Porto Polo. But the reason I wanted to bring this up was that I saw that in one of your, your very famous wins, you actually won the year. Hold on, let me check this stat. I think you won the year by something like a few hundredths of the point of a point, and uh, became the, the world champion. Can you yes. tell me about that story? How did that feel? Uh, that
1: was uh, a great story. I, before the last race, I had uh, ninety nine points behind uh, Didier Kusch. He's a Swiss uh, ski racer, uh, and we had just one race in this season uh, at the end. And I was starting uh, that number low, and he was starting behind me. So I was risk a lot and was leading the the race. And he made too much tactic on this day, and mm. uh, yeah, wh- he was too slow and didn't make points. And I made with my victory hundred points, and so I did. Uh, I picked this uh, crystal globe from him. Uh, with one one point uh, in front of him so it was yeah it was a crazy race and uh i just have to say we are from this time on uh we're good friends dd and i and uh, yeah it's that um experience connects us and he is like a sport guy he All he hasn't been angry on me that i picked the crystal globe he just say okay, that was my fault, and and uh, you, Hannes, you uh, well deserved it, and that that kind of sportsmen are uh, mm. not so much in in on on the tour, and that's yeah, it's uh, yeah. It was
0: very very,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: very classy, yeah, yeah, very classy of the other sportsmen. So my question for you is: Did he go on to ever um, win? Win? So what is the title? That was the world title and uh, this was uh, the uh,
1: we have we have world championships in our sport that's just one race and uh we have the the uh world the cup the season yeah it's the world cup and if you win the the world cup uh, it's in disciplines and uh, overall and you get for this uh crystal globe
0: okay so and- this this globe is what you this is what i'm reading here so it was a it was a whole season that that led up to this um, final race, which you won by yes. one point. Yeah, and yeah. can I ask you, did so your your friend, which has become, did did he ever go on to win um, the globe?
1: Yeah, of course. So many times in downhill and and super G, and uh, he had a few years later he had the same fight with an other Austrian guy, a ski racer, and. He didn't make the mistake a second one uh, time. And after that race, he came to me, Hannes. The experience from our race 2008 helped me today to... To reach that uh, crystal globe because he was racing crazy on this day and, and made no tactics, just aggressive racing and uh, yeah.
0: And he took it. Okay, good yeah. good for him. For me, I'm not sure if I'll get the chance again. So I wondered if he had got that chance and took it. But um... Yeah, he,
1: he had the chance again.
0: He did. So one of the other things that I have on my notes here about you Hannes is that your dedication to compete well into your 30s. And it's something that I admire very much. And I've got your results here. um, Well, I found them on Wikipedia, to be honest with you. But when I look at your best results or certainly your most consistent finishes inside the top 10. You know, it looks to me like you really competed well into your 30s and done some of the best parts of your career. Tell, tell me about that. People often think you have to be in your 20s to, to perform your best. Is that the case? Do you agree with that?
1: In in our sport, if you go downhill and super I mean the the speed disciplines, the, the experience help you a lot of uh, to do good races if you come like a young boy to uh, 20 25 you you don't really know the the downhill courses so you you need one two three seasons to get it uh, well known and after that you are uh, competitive there are some races they they can Key uh, or they are still fast in in the first years Mm -hmm. on the downhill cross, but um, normally you're getting fast in downhill around 30.
0: Okay, okay. So that's sort of the optimum, optimum age. Most of the the best athletes are 30. Yeah, yeah.
1: Because then you have the perfect uh, mix of experience and also the physique, a little bit uh, aggressive skiing of a young boy.
0: Okay the mindset the mindset of there's nothing to lose because the mindset is a yeah. a very interesting part of it and it's certainly something that I think translates over to big air kiteboarding I I myself am a father now of a a 10 month year old baby and I'm still interested in the, the competition side of big air but I definitely think it can affect you in some way so after perhaps I asked you the same question once you'd had your your son did it did it start to to change in your mind about the or maybe recognizing the risks that you were taking with your sport
1: it changed a little bit. Uh, you're, you're thinking about risk and so on because if you're a um, my taking of risk was not so much as before. And I think it's it's normal when you're getting father and uh, also when you are getting around 40 that you are getting more uh, uh, calm. And so it's I think it's normal. And if you're getting father, I think the priorities are changing a little bit
0: I think I can agree with that um, I think you you, you recognize that, that you need to be around someone depends on you and certainly within my sport I've had a very uh, close accident to come into if I'm quite frank, to, to, to near the the end of my career, if not worse. Um, but still after that I had nothing to lose. I carried on. But now maybe I think a bit more perhaps about who's also out riding with me during big storms and things like that. But I'm still yeah. able to I think my mind is still able to put me in a place where I can really go for it, which is in is important for me. Now, earlier you mentioned that you started jumping after not too long of going for it in kite surfing um in the summers. Can you give us an idea of what sort Sort of standard, what would what you describe yourself as as a kite surfer? Are you intermediate, advanced? Are you jumping quite well? What's your favorite trip?
1: I like it to to go jump, but I'm scared about making kite loops.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, they can have lots of injuries attached to them, also. Uh,
1: and uh, if if there is a, a wave on on the spot, I, I love it to to go in the waves. So um, to to have the opportunity between. Going jumping or going in the waves. It's so beautiful. So it depends where I go. When I go on the Lake Gara, my, my goal is to, to make some tricks, uh, on the twin dip board and, uh, go a little bit high with jumping. But if I go higher as five or six meters, sometimes I always, or I get a little bit scary always. So maybe. And the next time when we meet each other we should, um... Yeah, I should a little bit taking uh, uh, lessons from you.
0: I'll get you up to 10 meters, no problems, Hannes. You'll have the, um, the hand-eye coordination and the and the risk-taking, I'm sure, to get yourself up there. Don't you worry. And whilst we're on the subject, really, of risk-taking, I mean, you are and have been a specialist in Super I mean, to me, when I watch that sport and think about the risk that's being taken, the speed, it's, it's absolutely crazy and people would uh, mostly probably call it a dangerous discipline and now you've taken part in the legendary now hopefully i get this name right the strife in kidsbuhl. um and so some people might call you adrenaline junkie but i wondered what you would say to them is it is it more about calculated risk i mean are you crazy are you adrenaline junkie
1: i think in skiing it was always a calculated risk for me um Maybe 95% calculated and 5% not calculated. Uh, When I go kitesurfing, I think it's 60% calculated by (laughs) by me Mm -hmm. and uh, 40% uncalculated. So I just want to say in in my sport, uh, it looks like we are crazy, but me happened a, a big mistake or that I fell uh, very bad it happened not so much uh, when I had the t- uh, races where I was winning I always had the feeling okay maybe I can push one or two percent more and I think that's the best way when you have a little bit um puffer or
0: a buffer too- yeah like a yeah, like yeah. a little bit of buffer because um I imagine with your sport and those disciplines the speed you're going in the and how steep those hills are, that one mistake, um, uh, is it true that if you have one crash in those conditions that you're going to, you know, you might get seriously injured?
1: Yeah, uh, of course I I had uh, bad crashes, but there was uh, not the risk-taking the the problem. Uh, It was very often uh, the visibility, or the the uh, the pist uh, the slope was broken, mm-hmm. or once uh, my equipment was too sharp, and so if these uh, parts are not uh, working good for you, then it can't happen. But um, yeah, normally my crashes always uh, happened uh, when when.
0: And when there's um, a bit of an factors. outside, yeah, an inside outside, outside influence. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think that's, um I think that's fair enough to say, but that's, I was interested to see how close to the, to the edge that you guys uh, and girls, obviously that are, partaking in that sport actually get to the edge now we're coming nearly to the end of our interview now it's been very insightful for me to speak to you and i was interested i'm just going to throw this question out there i want to know what equipment that you're riding from duotone what is your favorite kite and your board setup i have an idea in mind but i want you to tell me
1: of course i i ride the the heime uh board
0: mm-hmm. and um at the moment uh, i'm more on rebel i did think the rebel i was thinking i thought Jaime and rebel i was wondering
1: (laughs) and uh if it's a light wind i have to choose
0: yes very good and i imagine you're using that on the light wind days on the lakes and maybe maybe in garda that starts light sometimes right
1: yeah, uh, and I'm always uh, taking the bigger ones as the smaller ones. Sometimes the the guys uh, on the boat say, oh, no, this this one is too big for you." And I <laughs> said, "No, no, it's. You I like- think it it fits good. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I like it if it's uh, there is a a lot of power in in the
0: kite." Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm the same. Right. And I imagine with your speed that you're used to doing in skiing, you like to be going fast with a kite. Nothing's worse than riding around slowly. Now this is going to be my last question to you. We've already had a bit of an insight. The fact that you liked surfing before, obviously skiing, which is your job and your profession and major passion and you're a kite surfer. What else is it that you like to do in your spare time? Is there any other interests?
1: Yes. Uh, so if uh, besides skiing, I I I like it to to go off uh, off-piste skiing, especially now when I'm retired, I'm more in, in the off-piste area, and in summer, be, beside of. Of kite surfing I do a lot of uh, biking so road okay. biking and and uh, mountain biking
0: okay that must be a similar feeling you get do you, do you like to go fast on the biking downhill as well or is that a silly question
1: uh, <laughs> yeah I like it but the crazy thing is uh, if I go mountain biking I'm not not the guy who who always wants to do a single trail I uh, Everybody says why? Why are not? Why are you don't do a single phrase? You are a downhiller, but maybe I'm a little bit uh, uh, scared about the the trees right and left. <laughs>
0: mm, yeah, no, I, I I know what you mean. Downhill, super fast, with all the things you can hit in obstacles, not for me. Well, listen, Hannes, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you today on the it podcast. Was,
1: yeah, it was also a pleasure for me. And uh, yeah, hopefully we see each other on the on the water
0: or on the snow. Yeah, I would love that. Thank you very much. Thank you.